Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Property Investing Podcast brought to you by Real Estate Investor. I'm Dennis Wong, and, and these podcasts are designed to educate investors at all levels about all different topics that relate to property investing. So I hope you've been finding these useful so far. We're now up to episode six, and uh, in this episode, I'm gonna provide you some pointers on how you can negotiate more successfully and also provide you with part one of my top 10 risks that any property investor should be aware of and what you can do to minimize those risks. Now, it can be quite daunting when you've found the dream home or perfect investment property and you don't want to let that opportunity get away. You may even be willing to pay a bit more and if you're going to do that, it's important you know the numbers and do the research before you get to this stage. And I'm going to provide you with some tips to help you with the negotiation process. Now, there's going to be two parties when it comes down to purchasing the property. The vendor, also known as the seller, and the purchaser. Now, the vendor is going to have the real estate agent acting on their behalf, and most buyers in Australia will act for themselves when it comes to putting in an offer. Now, some buyers may engage in a buyer's agent, and their job is to get the seller to sell the property at the best price. A lot of people don't engage in a buyer's agents though because they do charge a commission. And in some countries, this is actually considered the norm where there are agents acting on behalf of the seller and purchaser. Now, the ability to negotiate well is an important part of the property purchasing process, especially if you're gonna be acting uh, on your by yourself. Um, and given that you don't do it every day, you now here are some tips for you that, uh, that may help. One, you know, remember the real estate agent is not your friend. The seller is paying them to sell the property and it's their job to get them the highest possible price. They're gonna use their skills to convince you how much it's worth by talking up the positives, uh, give you the impression there's a lot of interested parties. Um, and you know, suggest that if you don't act now, it's gonna be gone by the end of the week or you know, even tomorrow. So they're gonna give you that impression that time is of the essence and you need to make a decision now. Next, don't be pushed to make a rush decision. You know, even if you are in a rush to purchase, Keep this to yourself and don't let the agent know. It's really gonna help you with the negotiation, be able to potentially get the price down. You know, what you can let the agent know though is that you're finance ready and you'd be happy for a quick settlement. That way the agent knows you're not a time waster and you're gonna be a genuine buyer. Next, be information rich, really, really important. Make sure you've spent that time to research the property and area. You know, what's the quality of the location like? Is it close to transport? Uh, amenities such as cafes or medical centers? Uh, are there any uh, problems or defects with the property from first glance? Any issues in the surrounding area that may affect your property? You know, like is it flood prone? And you know, see if you can find out what the ups and downs are of the local economic environment. Make sure you ask lots of questions. This can really help you lay the groundwork for future negotiations. And most of these answers um, to these questions can be found by using the pro membership tools that Real Estate Investor offers. So, you know, some of the questions that you should ask, you know, why has the property been sold? Uh, how many people have been through it? Um, how long has it been on the market? Has it been to auction? Did it pass in? Uh, has the price been dropped since it was first listed? So by knowing the reason why a seller is selling and, and whether it's been on the market for a long time, it's gonna really help you negotiate a cheaper price. The longer a property is on the market, the more difficult it, it can become to sell. And people will question why it hasn't sold yet. Is there something wrong with it? It's probably priced too high. And especially if it's an owner who's had the property for over 20 years, there's gonna be some emotional attachment to it and owners will feel the property's worth more than what it really is. Now, the answers to the last uh, couple of questions in my examples uh, earlier, you know, how long has it been on the market? Has it been to auction? Has it passed in? 
Um, has the price dropped? These can all these answers can all be found within the property report under our pro membership. Now, as part of your research, make sure you know the median price for similar properties to your target property. If you're looking at a four-bedroom house, you know, have a look at other four-bedroom houses that have the same amount of bathrooms that are on the same size blocks. You know, what's the most expensive price ever paid for this type of property in the last six or 12 months? What's the cheapest? Uh, what do older pre-renovated houses look like and, and sell at? And what do properties in the higher end of the market sell at? You know, this is going to really ensure you know exactly what the market is like for that type of property in the area you live in uh, or you're looking at investing in. So, you know, with this knowledge, you're going to be more confident in the negotiation process and you're going to be more likely to make the right decision based on numbers. I recently ran a webinar and talked about uh, the, my top 10 risks that I feel all property investors should be aware of and provide some tips on how to minimize them. So in this podcast, I'm going to cover five of these risks and you'll have to tune into the next episode for uh, part two for the, uh, the final five. So risk one. Um, you know, as a property investor, you should be aware of, um, you know, vacancy rates, you know, having your property vacant, uh, you know, this means no rental income is coming in. So before you purchase an investment property, it's important you consider, you know, these tips to help you minimize the possibility of your investment property being vacant. You know, make sure you research the vacancy rate on that suburb. You know, if it's high, it means there's a lot of properties on the market available for rent, which means a lot of competition between landlords. You know, research the suburb to see if it's desirable for people wanting to live there. Is it close to transport, schools, employment opportunities, uh, amenities, cafes, restaurants? You know, being walking distance to these will be attractive to people wanting to live in the area. You know, review your competition as well. You know, look at other rental comparables so you can be realistic in your expected rent and keep some savings in reserve just in case there's going to be a period of extended vacancy. Finally, you know, engage in a re- reputable property manager. Uh, who's going to ensure your property is looked after and is going to be properly marketed. Risk two, having bad tenants. So if you've experienced an extended period of vacancy, sometimes it makes it difficult to avoid bad tenants as you don't have a pool of potential tenants to be able to choose from. And, you know, do you risk letting your property um, uh, to them Um, or, you know, just so you're getting rental income coming in, but run the risk of having ongoing issues throughout the tenancy period. So, you know, if you find an area with low vacancy rate, then this won't be an issue, but you know, here are some tips to, to think about. You know, research the suburb demographic. Who are your likely tenants going to be? Again, you know, having a reputable property manager is going to ensure the proper background checks are going to be completed. So really, really important. Um, invest in appropriate landlord insurance. You know, and, and, and try to invest in the middle of the market. You know, where you're more likely going to attract good tenants who who, who will look after your property. Risk three: maintenance issues. So you know, buying into a property where it's going to require constant maintenance and repairs can can, can be costly. Um, you know, so make sure when you do engage in someone for repairs that they do the right job. So you know, what should you do to minimize this? You know, make sure you engage in reputable builders and tradesmen. Check their history. Look at their reviews on Google and social media. Uh, the reviews there tend to be more um, unbiased than the ones on the company's website. Uh, make sure they have a license. Are they insured? You know, are they registered or have they been struck off? Uh, you know, make sure you do a building and pest inspection before you purchase any property. I, don't, I can't believe people still, um, you know, want to avoid a couple of hundred dollars just, um, you know, and not do this. You know, you don't want to find out later on that you have a termite problem because it's not going to be a, a fun exercise to get rid of them. Um, and finally, make sure that you have the right insurance. 
Risk four, natural disasters. You know, parts of Australia experience different natural disasters from time to time. So it's important that your property is protected. You know, there's floods, bushfires, cyclones, um, extreme weather. You know, these, these are just some of the disasters that you're going to need to consider whether your property falls uh, into these areas. You know, some tips to help you minimize this risk though. You know, one, avoid investing in that area, you know, where these natural disasters occur. Nice and simple. But if you do decide that you want to invest uh, in an area prone to one of these events, then, you know, ensure your property is built to withstand it. Uh, make sure you've got the appropriate insurance cover that covers damages caused by the relevant natural disaster. Really, really important. Uh, and finally, risk five, unforeseen costs that you may face when, you know, you may not have enough funds set aside as a contingency. You know, we've already covered some of these in the previous risk, but I wanted to elaborate on the types of insurance that you should consider. You know, first of all, there's landlord insurance. That's going to cover, you know, any loss of rent and damages made um, from the tenant. Uh, content insurance. You know, make sure you cover items inside the property that's um, uh, not um, um, that's owned by you know the, the ten- um, not owned by the tenant. You know, things like the oven, a dishwasher. If it's fully furnished, then you're going to want to make sure you have enough cover. Uh, building insurance. That's going to cover unexpected events that may damage your property. You know, for example, someone driving into your front wall. Uh, then there's income protection. You know, that's going to cover you if you're unable to work due to um, illness uh, or injury. Uh, and finally, life insurance. You know, this is going to cover um, any mortgage repayments in case of death. So that's part one of my top 10 risks to be aware of. So make sure you tune in uh, to episode seven uh, for part two. So that's it for another episode of the Property Investing Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget for previous episodes of our podcast, you can listen to them at blog.realestateinvestor.com.au. And if you'd like more information on those top 10 risks, uh, you can access the recorded webinar from our blog as well. Now, if you need access to property tools to help you with any of your research, please take advantage of our pro membership platform. We do offer free one-on-one demos. So if you'd like to see the tools in action, just jump on our website to book in the time that suits. Uh, Alternatively, if you need help or just like an easy and stress-free approach to help you find your next property, feel free to book in a time to speak to one of our property strategists uh, who will be able to help. So look, thanks again. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and I look forward to um, our next podcast. So until then, happy investing and I'll, uh, I'll catch you next time.